Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. This is the NFL Show, episode 14. Uh, my name's Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got a full house. We've got Stacey, we've got Alex, and we've got Beck. And again, we're just loving our NFL football as we roll through the start of the season. All right, guys, let's jump straight into it. The question I have for you is, who was the most impressive performance moment from week three? Beck, going to start with you. I mean, I would love to say the Seahawks, but that's just, it's disappointing what's happening over there at the moment. So I'm going to go to the Raiders-Dolphins game. Like this is the second week in, well, second game in three games that the Raiders have taken their their weeks into overtime. Like it's crazy what's happening over there. Derek Carr, I think, is shocking us all with what he's doing. And anyone who had doubts at the Raiders, I don't think has that anymore. I think you can bet on them to be a competitive team this season. Yeah, and I was one of their doubters um, at the start of the season. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people were very quiet on their takes in and around the Raiders, but now they're sort of popping up saying, yeah, you know, how great Derek Carr is. But no, I, I'm, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised by the, the level at which he's been playing at. Uh, another player that I've been really surprised in, and, and I guess my Im- impressive performance from week three, is Ryan Tannehill, our vanilla ice cream uh, quarterback uh, for the Tennessee Titans. He... Look, he he has been he's been balling out. Uh, he has been absolutely outstanding. Watched his uh, last game very very closely, and um, you know again the key to the NFL is being able to you know do this throughout the entire season. And typically that that's been the challenge with Tannehill is sort of maintaining it. But you know you can only judge him on the start of the season. I think he's been doing well. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening at Tennessee. Um, you know Julio's yet to break out. AJ Brown's injured and has started really slowly. So. I think the ceiling there is pretty high there uh, for the Titans, and I think they're in the um, yeah they're in the box seat to win the AFC South. Uh, Alex, um, crazy how the first few weeks have come down to kickers. Like field goal percentage has been insane. I don't think we've seen that in the first few weeks of the NFL. So for me, I got to go with um, Tucker's kick on the Ravens, sixty-six yards. Like I saw a meme that said someone should put his leg into the Hall of Fame, um, which <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he rightly deserves. Um, but yeah, no, it's been in kickers have been on point for the you know first three weeks, so it's kind of fun to see games come down to the, to those uh, those players. Yeah, look, and, and I will say with NFL stats and records, sometimes they can get a little bit crazy and oddly specific. But you know, when you break you know the historic distance in terms of uh, in terms of kicking that that that's that's something that um yep is uh well it's something that he's going to remember for the rest of his life that was unbelievable and another crushing moment for the Detroit Lions that just seems to be uh yeah in their history as well Stacey what about yourself yeah look you know it's on the topic of kickers I mean I just traded Mason Crosby away in my fantasy team like on Wednesday last week <laughs> so when Rogers and the Green Bay Packers took the 49ers. Um, you know, it was just, it wasn't pretty, but uh, Green Bay climbed back uh, to be down, you know, by 10 points in the fourth quarter to take, uh, you know, and, and the drive by Aaron Rodgers was just what we expect to see out of him, you know, play after play, getting to where he needs to be on the field for Mason Crosby to kick 51 yarder field goal, clinched it up by one. It was a good one. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight, The Breakdown. It's do or die. 
one game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, <laughs> went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this week on The Breakdown, we have a couple of, uh, yeah, really interesting feature games. The first one uh, is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. And Alex, I'm going to throw this straight to you because whilst, you know, there's been a little bit of an interesting history with both of these franchises, all eyes are on these uh, on these quarterbacks. Yeah, interesting with the franchises. But what I like about this matchup, it's a repeat of 2020 college playoffs, right, against Burroughs and um, now his name's gone out of mind, Trevor Lawrence. I was like, all of a sudden his name just went out of, the, out of there. But so I'm excited to see how this goes because Jamar Chase was also part of that LSU team that won that championship. So I think both of them are going to kind of come out a little bit. Trevor Lawrence more so a little bit of chip on his shoulder. But I think this is going to be an interesting, interesting match to watch for sure. I'm super surprised at the way Jags are improving each week. Like I know week one was terrible. You know, everyone was like, Trevor Lawrence is done. He's stuck at this horrible team. He's going to become, you know, one of those quarterbacks that gets washed out because he isn't in a good system. Week two, they played a little bit better. And then they came up against the Cardinals this week and were actually winning the game going into halftime. Yeah, I mean, we got to throw mention to that 109-yard return, right? I mean, no one was stopping him right on the buzzer of halftime to be leading is great. But this is an interesting fact about Trevor Lawrence, right? So he's the only quarterback to throw two-plus interceptions in each of his first three games. The only other rookie quarterbacks to do that are Hall of Famers, Troy Aikman, and Peyton Manning. So I don't know if he's on par for Hall of Fame career, but with that statistic behind him, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. No. I mean, he's got to hope that something's – in the waters for that to be looming for him. Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, with players with the arm talent as Trevor Lawrence, when game's not going his way, he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to put this team on my back, you know. And uh, as someone who's suffering watching through the New England Patriots uh, and their very, uh, well, their very reserved approach to football at the moment, it's quite refreshing to see uh, to see Trevor take some risks. And, you know, I'm sure the Jags uh, fans don't love those interceptions, but, yeah, he's certainly showing, you know, a little bit of talent uh, despite the team being 0-3. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think we need to throw it back to, um, you know, I'm getting glimpses of that 2017 Jags defence, especially, I mean, special teams, yes, with that 109 um, kick for touchdown. But the Jags defense had, you know, some big stops on zero gain. You know, their third down effectiveness was excellent. Um, but, you know, I have to say that, you know, their defense and their special teams is something special that I think is going to improve over the next couple of games, definitely. I agree with that. I think their defense as far as their rush defense has been good. Last game, they only allowed 91 rushing yards. So that's good for the Jags, right? If they're coming up against teams that are strong in the run game, my issue they allowed 316 passing yards. That secondary has got to improve. Now they have traded CJ Henderson to Carolina, but they didn't get a defensive player out of that. So they got a tight end. So obviously they're, they're looking to help Trevor Lawrence in that, in that receiving core, but you're right. That defense w- was way better kind of this week than it has been in the last two. You do have to give them some credit though, because in the first half they did hold the Cardinals to 107 yards or Kyla Murray to 107 passing yards or whatever in the first half. So they do have the ability to stop, you know, explosive offenses and keep them to low points. They just need to work on being consistent throughout the full game. 
Yes, definitely. But at the same time, like I struggle to see, like how can you throw a pick on a flea flicker? First of all, who's calling a flea flicker pass in week three in the NFL? And and two, how does that even happen? Like I have to go Urban Meyer, what the F, man? Like we're not in college anymore. No, we're not. I mean, and this is an eye-opening experience for Urban Meyer, right? This is the first time he's gone 0-3 since he was at Florida in 2010. So this is a, I think this is a learning experience for him. This is a learning curve for him. You're right. I don't know who to be calling a flea flicker play in week three. Um, but, I mean, we got to talk about that O-line. They allowed three sacks on Trevor Lawrence. Like, and we've talked about this before. With rookie quarterbacks, they've got to improve that O-line. Yeah, absolutely. No, the, the O-line is absolutely terrible. Uh, but I just think that, you know, my, my challenge is, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Urban Meyer, but also the OC, Daryl uh, Bevel. I, I think, you know, he's a vet, but, you know, some of the systems he's been in, you know, he started out in Seattle and then went to Detroit, um, you know, doesn't ha- doesn't exactly have the, the best CV. And for me, just watching them play, everything's difficult for Trevor at the moment. They're not making things easy for him. And I just feel like, uh, I, I just feel like it, it's a bit of an odd situation there um, in, in Jacksonville. They, they seem to be, um, you know, really struggling to find an identity um, and, uh, yeah, making Trevor's life really, really difficult. All right, guys, well, let's jump over to their competitor, and that is the Bengals. And I think we're all in shock because I don't know if I'm reading this right, but the Cincinnati Bengals are leading the AFC North. Stacey, uh, talk to us about this Cincinnati team. Oh, man, and... The Bengals have been sleepers, and I guess we're all kind of waiting for Burrow to get back to see what they were going to do. And and I think we saw it. I mean, Burrow is confident, and not just because they got the win. You know, he's confident after his injury. And, you know, he, I watched his press conference, and that quarterback draw after, you know, his, for that play for his first down, that was a momentous occasion for him because he needed to know that his body was good enough to, to get back to where he was before. Um, you know, and he was so excited about that. I, I like this Bengals team right now. Um, I, I thought they were, they've been really good the first three weeks. I really like Jamar Chase. I think he's kind of stepping up and growing into it. And I think since like his touchdowns right now, he's the only rookie since like stats started that has recorded 20 plus air yards in touchdowns in three straight games. Like he's getting some separation. What I'm a little concerned about going into week four is injuries to that O-line because I think that was an issue for the Bengals last year. And I think these injuries, especially to that um, left, I think it's their left tackle and their right, their right tackle and their right guard. Sorry. Um, I think those players to be kind of injured, it's going to be an interesting one to see in week four. I mean, but you've got to give them props, though. That O-line held out a Steelers defense. And, yes, we're going to say that the Steelers defense weren't at full tilt. They didn't have TJ Watt, and they were missing um, a couple of other guys as well. But, you know, that's the, conf- that's the confidence that Burroughs needs to play well um, and to see them step up and kind of protect him. And they were giving him so much time in the pocket. You know, he was hitting his fifth read on his receivers at times. And, you know, anything more, if your O-line is holding any more than three seconds, that's a, that, that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm super excited to watch what they're going to do. Um, you know, their game on the weekend wasn't perfect, but the ceiling is super high for Joe Burrows. Yeah. I think, you know, what, what I love about the NFL is that bad teams can't be bad forever because of the draft. You know, you, you eventually have to get it right. And, and, and a team like Cincinnati, they've been down for so long, uh, and they have, you know, drafted, uh, you know, countless players 
uh, really, really high over over a number of rounds. So you look at this team, and although they've got Joe Burrows, it's totally change things for them. You look at their defense and they have some really high quality talent there. And I think, you know, you, you cer- you've certainly seen that at the start of the, the year. So, you know, whilst Joe Burrow is probably the face of the franchise and quite rightly so, I think their defense has been um, a little bit underrated. All right, guys, time to pick this one. Um, Alex, going to start with you. Uh, yeah, what's your tip in this one? The Jags or the Bengals? I mean, I love Urban Meyer, but I just... Yeah, I think the Bengals are going to pull this one out. I mean, their defense held the, the Steelers to 45 rushing yards. So that front seven on the defense for the Bengals is looking pretty good. So, and I think when, you know, they're struggling, when the Jags are struggling run and pass, I think the Bengals are looking pretty sound on both fronts. So I picked the Bengals. Yeah, look, for me, I'm going to go the Bengals as well. I actually think the injury to their running back, uh, Travis Etienne, I think that was huge for the Jags because now all the pressure's on James Robinson, and if they don't run the football, it just seems like Urban Meyer just hasn't been able to figure out a system uh, for Trevor to keep him out of trouble. So for me, I'm going to go the Bengals. Uh, Beck. Yeah, I'm going against both of you guys this week. I mean, I looked up the last two times these guys played against each other. They had completely different teams. They were playing different quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. And they have one game apiece each. So I think with the new additions to personnel and stuff like that, and the Jags are 0-3, I think they're they're chasing a win. So I think this week might be the week that they get that dub. And Stace? Yeah, I'm... I'm going to go, I have to back the Bengals on this one. I mean, you know, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, you know, that duo is top shelf talent plus add in Burrow. Plus, uh, you know, it's kind of, Burrow didn't really get his full season last year. And so it's going to be interesting to watch like rookie and semi-rookie, you know, edge it out. So I'm going the Bengals, but I think it'll be tight. Yeah, okay. Well, most of the crowd's going an 0-4 star for the Jags and uh, for, for, for a player who hasn't lost any games in Trevor Lawrence, he's, Slowly getting used to the feeling, I'd imagine. All right, guys, well, let's step through now to our next feature game. And this is a blockbuster uh, blockbuster game in the NFC as we see the LA Rams take on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Alex, I'm going to throw this straight to you because, you know, these are two heavyweights in the NFL. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game. I really, really like this game. I really, really like this matchup. I think it's going to be an absolute battle. I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes overtime. I think if we're looking at all the games, I wouldn't be surprised if this one's going overtime. And again, maybe it comes down to the kickers. Um, but, I mean, this receiving core for the Rams, I mean, they had about six players that were in double digits yardage-wise. Like, that's that, that's pretty impressive to know that, you know, whatever phase you're going through as far as the play goes, you can throw it to your tight end. You can throw it to your wide receiver, and they're still going to make those receptions and those catches. That's a credit to um, Matt Stafford, right? Like he's just come over into this system. He's settled in. He's done the work to get to know his receivers, get to know the playbook. And he's actually seeing who's getting open and not just picking that one receiver to go to. He's spreading the ball, making it so hard for defenses to read where that ball is actually going to go. And I think too, you know, utilizing a little bit more of Deshaun Jackson um, actually freed up you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, you know, because all of a sudden he's the big draw card um, and it just allows those other two guys to break free. 100% back that because he had three receptions and 120 yards and a touchdown. Like he wasn't seeing the ball much, but he was averaging 40 yards when he was. So props to Deshaun Jackson for that one. But I really like the O-line for the Rams this past week. They let one, they allowed one sack. 
Um, but you know, they've allowed Stafford to have three passing touchdowns in the first three weeks with over 50 yards on them. So like you've got to be sitting in the pocket for a while to be able to get off that, that yard. So I, I'm really impressed with their O-line and, and they're a pretty healthy team going into week four as well. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go in week four. I think too that the secondary for the for the Rams is a match for a match for the Cardinals, and it's not just Jalen Ramsey. You know, their entire secondary has been pretty strong um, for the last little while. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch, definitely. You know what interests me though is that the Rams don't really have much of a running game, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they do get matched in the secondary and their receivers do get covered and nothing comes as open as they have been used to the last three weeks, will they revert to that running game and how successful is it going to be? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good shout out. That's definitely their Achilles heel. They have obviously suffered through quite a lot of injuries. And then obviously with the trade bringing in Sony Michelle, who, you know, if, if he's one of your lead running backs, I, I think that's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but look, definitely an impressive start. But for me, I think the credit's got to go to Sean McVay, um, you know, there at the LA Rams. You know, he had a good football team, but good is not going to work in LA. In LA, in that market, you know, that's saturated with all these sports, I think you've got to, you've got to, you know, you, you've got to win fans over. You know, the LA fans, uh, you know, they, they wanted something big time. Uh, they've got their new stadium. Uh, I think it's $6 billion uh, that stadium cost to build. So, you know, to go out and get someone like Matt Stafford, he is an explosive, uh, explosive talent. There was a lot of question marks about him going into the, the season. It's still early days, but yeah, that performance against the Bucks that was that was something special. All right, guys. Well, let's jump over to their competitor in the Arizona Cardinals, uh, a team that is in, uh, that's three and zero as well. Um, Alex, I want to take you back to I, I guess the, the draft for Kyler Murray and just get your opinion on him because you know I, I guess everyone in the NFL, everyone that's sort of commentating on the game at the moment, you know, everyone's on the same page in terms of hey, this guy has got a lot, a lot of talent, but. You know, that was definitely not the case, you know, you know, in and around the, the draft. You know, there was a bit of a split audience in terms of, you know, what this guy could be. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of those things that he kind of brings to the game is that he's a dual threat. And I think everyone's like, oh, he's just going to run. He's just going to run. He's just going to run. But I think we've seen kind of the last couple of weeks and it was kind of going to the draft. Whereas, is he going to be a mobile quarterback? Is he going to be a running? Like, is he going to be a quarterback that sits in the pocket? So I think that was kind of, especially in that time when he was coming in where it was a bit difficult to kind of decide what franchise is one of what type of quarterback. I think now we're definitely evolving more to mobile quarterbacks, but that wasn't technically the case when he was coming in. But I do like the fact that the run game for the Cardinals has not been strong the last two weeks, but they're receiving in their passing game has. So I think this is kind of Kyle Murray kind of going, hey, look, yeah, I can run the ball, absolutely, but I can also throw. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right, because I think the tape on him is, you know, if we stop the run, if we keep him in the pocket, let's test him out and see what he's got. Well, the thing that's worrying the opposition teams is, man, this guy's making some serious plays, and, you know, that they've gone out, and again, a credit to an organization that's aggressive, you know. Aggression wins in the NFL, you know. They went out and they got, you know, they've got D-Hop there, uh, and, and, you know, this this defense, you know, going out and getting J.J. Watt um, and pairing him with Chandler Jones, I mean... Again, this is an aggressive uh, front office um, and it's an aggressive quarterback situation. And I think I've said it before, it's not just the fact that Kyler Murray is fast. He's the fastest player on the football field, which just makes for an entertaining game of football. 
And I think too, what, you know, we, we spoke about Kyla Murray um, a, a couple of episodes ago, and we were saying if, if they suit the system around him, when they decide what kind of play style philosophy that they want to use with him, he's going to thrive. Definitely. Um, but I mean, you, you know, you spoke about Chandler Jones there very briefly, um, but like the, the dude is the Cardinals version of Aaron Donald. You know, so he's super impressive. And having him and Buddha Baker, who I love um, as a safety, it's going to be, you know, their defense is pretty solid. Yeah, and I think them adding JJ Watt has just increased Chandler Jones's um, workload. Like all these double teams are going on to JJ. Everyone's concerned about what he's going to do. He has been so quiet these last three weeks. I have hardly heard his name called. Like Chandler Jones is balling out. He's getting into the backfield. He's making big plays. He's, you know, disrupting the quarterbacks. He's, you know, is he better than JJ now? I don't know if you can be better than JJ. I think JJ is just kind of like still filling out where he needs to fit into this Arizona kind of line. But I think they're both kind of big impact players. I really like uh, Byron Murphy in week three. He had two interceptions. I just think his kind of like his play last week was great. So I think that's kind of like a big bolster to their secondary, which lost two very key cornerbacks coming into this season. So it's nice to see someone like Byron Murphy kind of step up and that, that front seven, Oh, sorry. The defensive seven had three quarterbacks sacks. So like that's, they're getting through and they're making that, that, that contact. So the offense and the defense is looking pretty good for the Cardinals. All right, guys. Well, it's time to pick this one. And here at Mojo Sports, we know there's a few listeners that are still, you know, finding their feet when it comes to the NFL. Now, you know, if you're still new to the sport, this is a game that you're going to want to watch. This is, this is what the NFL is all about. So, Beck, going to start with you. I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what all that picks are, but I think one thing we can agree on is the score of this is probably going to be 40 to 50 or 50. It's going to be unbelievable. But, Beck, what's your pick? Yeah, it's going to be an insane game to watch. I mean, they are a division rival of my Seahawks, so I would love to see both of them lose. But I don't think that's an option. I can't <laughs> pick for them both to lose. Um but I think I'm gonna go. Oh, I I think I'm gonna go with the Rams just because I feel like they're coming off and heart off a high beating, you know, the Super Bowl champs in the box. They're gonna be at home again in that home stadium. Um, I think Matt Stafford after four touchdowns. I don't think anyone's stopping him anytime soon in this defense. Like it's a top rated defense, so I can't see the Cardinals getting over that yet. Maybe when they come up against him the second time, just not this week. Yeah, look, for me, I, I'm actually going to go the upset here. I'm going to go with the, the Cardinals only because I, I, I just I sense a little bit of a, a letdown opportunity for the LA Rams. I mean, that was the biggest game of football for that franchise in a very long time, probably dating back to the, since the Super Bowl. And obviously for Matt Stafford, this is the biggest game in, in, you know, in, in decades. And obviously they went out and they had a big emotional win over Tampa Bay. You know, typically what we see is a little bit of a dip and you cannot dip against Kyler Murray. He's going to cut you to pieces. So for me, I think it's going to be the Cardinals. Close game, very high scoring. Um, Stace, what about yourself? Yeah, I actually think that the Rams are going to take this pretty easily. Um, You know, my concern is the Arizona secondary with those injuries um, and the fact that the Rams O-line has just been holding up so well. Um, But I feel like the Cards are definitely capable of getting at least a couple, but I think the Rams are going to take it by at least 10. Yeah, but absolutely. high score, like you said. Yeah, cool. Look, I, I think we've got a bit of a split group here, and this just goes to show this is this is going to be some game of football. Alex, round us out. What's your thoughts on this game? 
This is my under, underdog pick for the week, but I agree with you. I'm going to go with the Cardinals just because their offense is ranked second. The Rams is ranked 13th. So, you know, Cardinals are a little bit higher. Defense for the Rams is ranked 20th, whereas the Cardinals are ranked 11th. So, again, Cardinals are sitting a little bit higher as far as ranking goes. However, the Rams are 38-0 and they're leading at the half. So the Cardinals cannot let the Rams lead into going into halftime. Otherwise, they might end up losing. But I see the Cardinals pulling this one out. And I think it's going to be a blockbuster game, but it's going to be a close one. Yeah, and Alex, everyone was a little bit confused as to why Sean McVay absolutely exploded in happiness and joy and excitement um, at halftime against the Bucks, and that's because you're exactly right. He's undefeated, so um, exactly right. That, that halftime score is going to be really, really important in that one. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we're going to power our way through the remaining games. Alex, going to start with you. Um, again, there's some amazing games in, uh, in week four of the NFL. There definitely are. First game off the bat, Jets-Titans. I mean, I'm sure you would all laugh at me if I said I got the Jets for this one, but I don't. I mean, their offense is currently ranked 30th, and they're 30th in passing. So I, they're struggling a little bit. They didn't put any points on the board last week against the Broncos. I think they're just kind of deflated right now. I don't see anything really working in their favor. And the Titans have just been kind of progressively building and rolling. And I think that the Jets don't have the defense to um, stop to stop Henry. So – He's going to just run over them. And I don't think you even need to look at the receiving game for the Titans. Just hand it off to Henry, and he's just going to keep going. So I've got the Titans for this one. Bears-Lions. I struggled to pick this one. And I think kind of looking back at the games, you know, the Bears are favored to win this. So I'm going to back my boys and back my Bears because I think the Browns game was just an absolute shocking performance across the board from the offense, great job from the defense. Um, but I see kind of a little bit of a chip on the shoulder come back for the Bears. Um, and just as, you know, as far as the Lions go, I think they've had some pretty tough losses. And I think with our defense, as far as the Bears go and, our, and be able to stop the run, I think that's where the Lions have the capability to win the game. And if we can stop that, I see us pulling out a win there for the Bears. Dolphins and Colts. I, oh, you know, the Dolphins haven't really impressed me. Like, okay, yeah, they got, what, a week one win? But the last two weeks, they've kind of been the same old Dolphins. Like, it's just like there's nothing really fancy with them. There's nothing really super great with them. They're ranked 29th on their offense, 25th on their defense. And, you know, Car- Carson Wentz put up a good performance for someone who has two sprained ankles. So, I mean, he got to give the guy credit where credit's due, I guess. So, for me, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. Um, Vikings Browns. This I think is going to be an interesting game. I think the Browns coming off the game against the Bears and having a defense performance like they did. I mean, they had nine sacks, so that's some that's some pretty solid defense there. Um, but the Vikings are like quietly doing pretty well. So again, this was a tough one for me, but you kind of look at the defenses for them both. I mean, this is a third-ranked offense in the Vikings going up a third-ranked defense in the Browns. So, Kirk Cousins is in great form at the moment, but like I yeah. think he ranked the top quarterback in the league this week. 
Yeah, but I, I just, I was struggled with this one. You know, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I could see the Vikings pulling off an upset against the Browns, and I'd love to see Baker Mayfield throwing a tantrum on the ground again like he did in week one. I love that. I love that. Very, very bold. All right, Stace, let's run through your games. Yeah, well, first up for me, I've got Falcons v. Washington. And, uh, you know, the Falcons coming off their underdog win last week against the Giants. They're one and two. Washington is now one and two, but coming off a loss. Um, you know, they struggled to run the ball against the Bills and their defense just showed up late to the game. Um, so for me, Washington's a better team on paper. Um, and I really want Chase, uh, Chase Young to flex on Matty Ice, like pretty hard. So I'm taking... Washington football team on this one. Next up is Bills and the Texans. The Texans are just bad. I mean, their offense is bad. Their defense is bad. Um, Bills have to take this one easily by high double digits for sure. And, uh, you know, backup quarterback, David Mills, David Neck Mills. I mean, it's going to be an interesting one for him. That's for sure. And then my last one is the Saints versus the Giants. Now, the Giants are just as bad as the Falcons. Um, They lost to the Falcons, um, and Daniel Jones is really the only play of the game. They've just lost Sterling Shepard. They've lost another couple of receivers. Um, So, And it's the Saints' first home game since the Hurricanes. So I want to say the Saints are going to take it easily, but if you, my underdog pick is that the Giants – take it because they've got this weird ability to pull out a surprising win i.e the helmet catch in the super bowl like you just you actually never know with the giants yeah no look the nfl is a crazy game and uh we've seen some really surprising results already so um yeah who's to say the giants can't get the job done there all right guys stepping through to my games i've got the philadelphia eagles coming up against the kansas city chiefs look a few points on this for me uh i I guess we all kind of thought the eagles were absolutely uh terrible Awful uh, coming into the preseason, but they've really surprised people uh, in terms of their start to the season. I, I still need to see a little bit more from them, uh, but you know, definitely not as bad as what we what we first thought coming into the preseason. But, and I stare down the camera on this one: the Kansas City Chiefs. For me, I think their defense is is obviously what's what's uh, letting them down, and I think. You know, I, I, you know, Andy Reid, you know, great to see that he's healthy. Obviously had a bit of a hospital scare and he's came back. But if I was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, I'd be pushing Steve Spagnola, the DC, out of the room. And I'd be saying, look, let, let, let us have a go at coaching the defense because we are we are tired of carrying this football team. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense, um, look, I, I just think their, their attitude stinks. I, I think they've... You know, they've been a top franchise for a couple of seasons now, but, you know, this isn't just, you know, sliding and being a little bit arrogant. They are one of the worst defenses in the NFL at the moment. So, look, I, I think that's going to hit their pride a little bit, hit their ego, and I think they're going to come out and turn things on. And if they don't, well, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to get into a shootout, and I think he can outscore Jalen Hurts. All right, and stepping through to the next game is the Dallas Cowboys coming up against Carolina Panthers. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. You know, Dallas Cowboys... Um, you know, you never know with the Cowboys. Cowboys were Cowboys. You know, they sort of let down their fans year in, year out. But you have to say that their offense is quite explosive. You know, Dak Prescott, he came into the season under a bit of an injury uh, cloud. Uh, there was a lot of question marks in and around him, but he has been outstanding. Uh, you know, this dual running back situation with Tony Pollard and uh, and Zeke Elliott has been working quite well. And their receiving core um, has also been quite outstanding. 
Still need to see a little bit more from their defense, though. Um, you know, when you've got when you've got you know guys like rookie rookie players like Michael Parsons, uh, you know, being their standout player, that puts a lot of the vets on notice uh, in that football team. And then moving, having a look at the Carolina Panthers, look, Sam Darnold. You know, the the jury's still out on this player. Obviously, he went to the New York Jets, and I don't know. I'm starting to think that Tom Brady would have struggled at the Jets. They just seem to be the uh, a, a team that kills quarterbacks. So, um, you know, I, I guess his career has only just started here in Carolina. Look, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting one. I think you know, under under the pressure, under the lights, I think uh, I think the Cowboys take that one. And then to round it out, we've got the San Francisco 49ers coming up against the Seattle Seahawks. This is going to be one hell of a football game. You know, for me, I think Seattle have been very, very disappointing. But one of the things I have learned about a Russell Wilson football team is they are not terrible two weeks in a row. Uh, Even if all of the players sort of struggle in and around Russell, he just finds a way to put this team on his back. And I expect him... Uh, to do that this week. So the 49ers, they're far from a perfect team. Uh, I, I think, you know, they're going to be heavy favourites coming into this one. People are going to expect them to to roll through Seattle. But I think Russell Wilson's got something special prepared as, as Beck smiles. So I've got Seattle Seahawks as my underdog tip of the week. All right, Beck, round us out with your games. All right, my first one I have Packers versus Steelers. Let me just start by saying, what is happening at the Steelers? Like, they are not looking like their usual selves. They are not a dominant defence. You know, their O-line looks terrible. They can't run the ball. You know, Roethlisberger is getting sacked, which he has to be the hardest quarterback in the league to pull down. And I think he copped four sacks last week. So, like, something is not right over there. And then the Packers are just on a high right now. Like, from week one to week two to week three, they're just getting better and better and better. And I think that's Aaron Rodgers proving to the league that they just talked too soon and they ruled him out of the, you know, out of the MVP competition way too quickly after that first game. So I think the Packers are going to take this one because I just, the Steelers just do not look like themselves at all. And then the second game I have, which is actually my underdog pick of the week, is the Broncos versus Raiders. Ravens. Um, I'm a little bit shocked that the Broncos are actually the favorites in this team, in this game. Like I can see it because they are three and O coming into the week. Like I think there's only five teams left that are undefeated in the league and the Broncos are one of them, but they have had a super easy schedule starting off. Like they've had the Giants, the Jags and the Jets. So I, you know, their wins are not anything to be excited about. And I don't think it's like looking at their games, they don't look like contenders to me. Um, I just, yeah, I think this week would definitely be a big game for Teddy Bridgewater to prove whether the Broncos are for real or not. Um, but I'm going to pick the Ravens just because Lamar Jackson is on fire and even without running backs, you know, they can still run the ball and he has some weapons to throw to. So the Ravens are my underdog this week. Now, Beck, um, and Beck, then I have... Sorry, Beck. before you jump into this next game, now you... Go easy on me and Stacey. We're in a fragile <laughs> state after the weekend with the, the Patriots' performance against the Saints. But all right, we're, we're ready. We're ready. Give it to us straight. Uh, the New England Patriots are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My God. You know what? I don't think this is going to be as bad as a blowout as what you guys think. Like, And I think everyone else is calling it to be a blowout. But let's not forget the veteran coach that is coaching this team. Like Bill Belichick has so much experience with Tom Brady, who is the quarterback that he's coming up against. So he knows his style of play. He can prepare his defense as best as he can. And then um, my, yeah, my biggest concern is that 
you know, rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. I think they're playing a very conservative offense at the moment and the Bucks defense are just, I think they're going to destroy their offense. I just don't think um, Matt. Yeah. I just, I can't see Mac Jones stepping up and having like an amazing game where he pulls off, you know, significant plays to, you know, win the game or anything like that. So I'm going with the Bucks. Although I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it could still be a close game. We appreciate but I think we appreciate yeah. that. I'm I'm sweating yeah. sweating thinking uh, about it. Me and Stace are going to have to watch it with half with our with our eyes closed. Like, this is going to be yeah. The Bucks did allow four passing touchdowns from the Rams and 343 yards. So and that's true. So the defense, you know, they are they do have some injuries on their defense as well after this week's game. So that's what I mean. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I just don't think that the offense has the the experience yet to get over the line. But then you start end up playing, you know, Belichick knows everything that Brady's going to do. Brady knows how to counteract Belichick. And it's just going to be like this mental showdown. It's just who's got the better chess players, really. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, and the last game I have is the Chargers and the Raiders. Um, yeah, so I, the Chargers coming off a pretty good game. I, um, yeah, I like, I'm going back to what Stace said, I think a few weeks ago, don't sleep on the charges. Like they're actually playing to compete with, but they are coming up against the three and um, Raiders who have gone into two overtime games. Um, Division yeah, this is going to be a close one. I think, I think, yeah, I just, I don't know. But Justin Herbert's, you know, he had four touchdowns last week and his offense is just rolling and rolling and rolling. So I'm I'm going with the Chargers this week. Um, I just, you know, it could be the time that Raiders, you know, lose their undefeated streak, have a bit of a wake-up call. I don't know. But the Chargers, yeah, I think Justin Herbert is just in too good a form at the moment. All right, guys, and that's all the time we have tonight. So just wanted to thank my amazing panel, uh, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you did, please download the download the podcast. That really helps the Sports Network. Uh, and please find us on social media. We're available on all, on all platforms. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.